0: I'm so glad that you're here. We are in a new series called The Jesus I Never Knew. And the purpose of the series is that you might grow closer to Jesus. Not Jesus when I come to church and then now it's something else I trust in when I go to work and it's something else I trust in when I have to pay my bills or something else I trust in when I have to do whatever. But Jesus in every area, every moment, every second of our lives... Which is about the third week of this series, and in the first week, um, we said that Jesus is two things. He is, sa- well, he's more than that, but he's Savior, and he's God. He's God in human flesh, and he's Savior of us. Now, most of the conceptions that many of us have with Jesus, and I'm not knocking it, I'm just saying it is, is what I, talked, what I wore the first day we started this series. Anybody ever seen this shirt? Jesus is my homeboy, and um, and basically that's as far as our relationship with Jesus can go. He's our friend. He's our homeboy. When we have nothing to do, we'll call him up. Hey, what are you doing? Oh, let's hang out. Or when we're in desperate need, like if we have to move somewhere, we call a friend up and go, Hey, can you help me move? But Jesus is basically our homeboy, and that's the extent of the relationship that we have with Jesus, again, I'm not knocking, I'm just saying, if that's the extent of the relationship that you have with Jesus, let me submit to you a more excellent relationship that you may have with Jesus. We'll leave this hung up here. Last week, we talked about Jesus being our shame remover. You know, so every week it's something like, last week was Jesus Shame Remover. And we talked about how Jesus removes our shame. And if you weren't here last week, you missed it. And that's all I have to say about that. You missed it. Well, you can go on, you can actually podcast it and download it into your iPod and listen to the message. We give them away for free. Um, And so you can do that. But we talked about Jesus being our anybody remember how let's say that word together one two three sure jesus is our shame remover not only does he pay the penalty for our sins but then he removes our shame aren't you glad that he doesn't stop at just paying the penalty of our sins but then he removes the shame and we said listen when satan comes up to you and says you know you ain't all that you know what you did that day you know what you did you know how they play you know how. and you can just go listen Jesus is my Ah, Azazel. I don't have to walk with shame anymore. I don't have to walk with guilt. But it depends on Jesus being your Azazel and not just your homeboy. Well, today we're going to talk about Jesus warrior. He's our warrior. He fights our battles. We're going to talk about overcoming fears and dreads and phobias. And three key fears, dreads, and phobias, I'll let you know what they are right now. There's the fear of physical, emotional, or spiritual pain, fear of pain. There's the fear of death, and then there's the fear of the unknown. Fear of emotional pain, or fear of pain, period. Uh, emotional, physical, spiritual, whatever. Fear of death, and fear of the unknown. And we're going to see how Jesus is the answer to every one of those fears. Now, with that in mind, I'm going to ask that God really bless us, give you a clear mind, and help us to really communicate this message. So I'm going to pray for you and with you, but I'm really praying for me too. Would you pray with me? Is that okay? All right. Father, you deserve all the praise, all the glory, all the celebration, all the worship. More than our friend, you are our God we celebrate you, you are big and you are awesome Father we thank you for bringing those that are here here and Lord I know that as we go through this this text I know that many of us are in different seasons of our lives, different relationships, different aspects some of us are in the best place we've ever been and others Others are just hurting and just looking for hope. Father, I pray that they might find Jesus and they might see Him in Him only. I pray, O oh God, that the pains and the struggles, the fears and the doubts, the anxieties and the worries that we've brought into this building, Lord, would be removed not by the building but by Your holy hand sweeping over every mind and heart, drawing to Yourself a people who need only You. Father, help us, O God, not to do our relationship with You in our own strength, not to try to be good for goodness' sake, but to really develop a relationship with You and You alone. And the only way we can do that is through Jesus Christ. So help us to do it in His name, surrendering in His power, working in His will. For we do pray, in Jesus' name, amen amen. There are many times that I can think of um, that I've been afraid in my life. One of the more, um, you know, out of all the times I can think of, I can think of this one time when I was a kid, and um, w- uh, we were playing in the, you know, if you ever go to, um, to McCarrion Park in Greenpoint, there's this abandoned pool area, and we used to play in this pool area. And one day we were going to get robbed by these guys. They had, one guy was going to throw a brick on our head, and there was like two guys. And I was really, really scared. And I'd like to tell you that I came out and I said, that's it, throw the brick, I don't care, you know, and there was all that other stuff. I was like, here, <laughs> here. Actually, I tried to, and the truth, the, the, you know, the story be told, um, I tried to be as as emotional as I could be, hoping that they, I was like 10 years old. I tried to be as emotional as I could be. Um, or, or like 18. One of the two, I think. I'm not sure. <laughs> it was closer to 10. Um, uh, and I tried to be as emotional as I could, to hoping that I would soften his heart. And it, it was cool. He actually did, you know, he, it wasn't all bad. So he gave me back my Walkman. And so it was pretty cool. I told him, I lied. I told him that my father gave it to me and my father was dead. And then he gave it back. True start. And... Um, I got the Walkman back. There you go. That's all I have for you today. Have a great day. <laughs> Isn't that a good story though? Okay, seriously. Um, so alright, so I, th- that's what happened, but I was just so afraid and I had no ability to, you know, if you would have came up to me at that moment and I said, said you know what, Edwin? Like if you would have kind of froze time and came up to me and said, Edwin, here's what you're gonna do. You can do this. Have courage. Go at it. You can be brave. I would have said no. <laughs> I can't, the guy's got a brick, you know, it's like two stories high, if it hits me in the head, I'm going to die, and these guys don't look like they can, that like they're, you know, they look like they can fight, and so, no, I'm not, you know, the only time that kind of talk works, when you're not really scared, right, you, you, right, like, you, you watch the born Identity, or the born Supremacy, right, and you go, man, I'm going to learn this, like, kind of karate, where you work in, like, two minutes, and, like, kill somebody, take that jugular out of their neck and stuff like that and the only time that that works where you go wow I'm really going to be brave is if you're watching that and you have no fears in your life (laughs) like you have nothing that you're afraid of because the truth be told when you face fears and when I face fears the immediate response is what get out of dodge all of us have fears right all of us got fears and some of our fears are very discreet, some of them are overt, but all of us have fears. We operate so, I operate so much on the basis of fear, I don't, it's, it's so bad I don't want to admit it. I'm, so, I'm just terrible at it. I just, I operate, so it's, you know, it's the parent, right? The parent who says, oh, but I'm going to give my kid everything that I didn't have. And then they spoil the child rot and really ruin his life. And you dig deep on that, and you find out they're not just trying to give the kid everything. You know what's happening? They don't want to experience the kid's disapproval. They're afraid of the kid's disapproval. It's why when the kid comes over and, and says, oh, can I go outside? And you go, Mommy said no. And then they go to you, Dad, and you go, well, shh, don't tell Mommy. She won't be home till 6. Go ahead. What are you doing? Well, you're not being a good parent. You're, you're crippling this child for the rest of their life. But what are you doing? You're operating on fear. That's what's going on. And then you go, "Well, I would never do that." You know, I correct my children. I but and then there's another uh, kind of parent who goes home and or goes to work and then works for like 80 hours a week because they're so afraid of not having enough money. And if you ask the kid, the kid would say, I'd like to see my dad more. I'd rather be in a homeless shelter seeing my dad more. But the parent just goes, no, no, no. I'd rather, you know, I'll work all these hours. What do those two people have in common? They're cowards. They don't want to face their fears. They don't want to address what they're afraid of. We do so much on the basis of fear. And because of that, we live lives that are always in tension, always worried. Well, today we're going to read a story. And the basic point of the story is courage, but not courage in the way you think. And I'm going to, we, as we read the story, it's going to be, at, well, we re- already read it. It's unbelievably familiar to you. You've seen it in cartoons, you've seen it in movies, you've seen it in all different places. You've seen, read, heard this story in a million different mediums. You've read it, you've watched it on TV, you've heard it on It's just all over. But as you read this story, I want you to sort of wipe your eyes and read it with a different perspective. Because when we put ourselves in the story, we're not who you think we are. And so we're going to look at this story, uh, and it's a famous battle between David and Goliath. And like I said, the story is about courage. And there's three people in this story. You usually just think about David, or if you think really tightly, you think about David and Goliath, right? But there's three people in this story. There's three main um, characters in this story. One is Saul. Saul has everything he needs except courage. Saul is the false courage in this story. Now... Before I go on, I want to say, this actually happened. This is a historical event. But God doesn't record historical events in his word without a point. There's a million historical events that have happened throughout the history of man. But God puts uh, uh, stories and characters in the Bible because he's painting a picture. And they're always, listen, especially when we look in the Old Testament. Listen to me. Bigger than you think. And they're pointing to someone. I don't want you to just think David. I don't want you to think Goliath. They're pointing to someone. And we're going to get there in a second. So we see Saul. Saul who has no courage. And then we see Goliath. Goliath has false courage. And then we see David. And David has genuine courage. Courage. I want to get right into the story. But just ask yourself this. What are you afraid of? You afraid of growing old? What are you afraid of? You afraid of losing your looks? Afraid of losing your hair? Guys, what are you afraid of? It's why we have what's called a midlife crisis. Right? You ever seen a, 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 an older man with a car that's, way, you know, just way too expensive for him? Driving with a girl that should be his daughter. You ever seen that guy? He's afraid of something. He's afraid of growing old, and he'll mask it any way he can. What are you afraid of? Are you afraid of losing that girl? Maybe you're afraid of losing that guy. You lose them. And because they have not they're not a good thing in your life, they're a God thing. And if you leave, and if they leave, you lose the one you've put all your hopes and dreams on. What are you afraid of? Are you afraid of other people looking at you, seeing you for who you really are? Have you ever had this thought, you know what, if I told her this, and this could be your wife, if I told her this, or your kid, if I told her this, then they wouldn't accept me. What is that? Fear. What are you afraid of? Because it's that that God wants to address. Are you, what are you scared of? And the way you respond to that fear, the way you respond to that phobia will tell if you're doing it the world's way, which only lasts but so long, or doing it God's way. My prayer is that by the end of today, you will confront your fears God's way, not your way. But what is it that you're afraid of? Afraid of growing old by yourself? Listen, if you find out, you want to find out um, what your God is, what your greatest hope is, examine your worst nightmare. It's the opposite of your greatest nightmare. Uh, the greatest hope in your life, the greatest God in your life is the opposite of your greatest nightmare. Right? If you have a nightmare where you grow old by yourself, and what's, what's your God? Well, your God might be your relationship. If you find yourself uh, having a nightmare where your kids are disobeying you and living in sin, well, then your nightmare. Well, then your hope is that your kids would live and obey God. What is your fear? Come and look at this story with me. We're going to start in verse 4, as we've already read. And to paint a picture for you, what's happening is that the Philistines have taken a little bit of a spanking from the people of Israel. They've gotten beaten. And so what happens is that they line up in this place where there's, uh, on one side, the Philistines line up. On the other side, the Israeli, uh, Israel, Israelites line up. And then there's sort of a dip. It's like a valley, right? It's like the valley of death, right? Sound familiar? And so this valley, um, a, a, a Philistine is coming out, and we'll read this story, what's happening. But but that's the setting. The Philistines have gotten beaten a few times, the Israelites, and something happens where there's an aggression and an aggressor. And we'll see, verse 4. Everybody jump to verse 4. And there came out 1 Samuel 17, verse 4. If you're taking notes, if you're looking it up in your Bible, 1 Samuel 17, verse 4. And there came out from the camp of the Philistines a champion named Goliath from Gath, whose height was six cubits and the span. Look up at me. Um, different scholars say different things. Smallest I've seen is about seven foot. Largest I've seen and um, what they think is about nine foot. But seven to nine foot, let's just go into the middle and say eight foot, right? So this guy is really, really big. Somebody shoot out Yao Ming's height. How, how, no, 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 I mean, actually, tell me what Yao Ming, how tall. How, how, you're so obedient. I love you guys. Thank you. Um, seven what? Seven four. He's like seven four, right? He's a really, really, really tall guy. Yao Ming is a basketball player. Really, really tall guy, right? Big dude. This guy is about eight foot tall. Just in case you're not sure what that is, that's really big. Okay? All right. Verse five. He had a helmet of bronze on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail. and And the weight of a coat was five thousand shekels, about a buck twenty-five, about one hundred twenty-five pounds. And he had bronze armor on his legs and javelin of bronze slung between his shoulders. So, are, you, are you checking us out? He had a javelin, and a, I mean, this guy is macked out. Javelin. Uh, uh, slung between his shoulders. The shaft of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his spear's head weighed 600 shrek, about 15 pounds. Are you getting the picture here? Like, is the Bible, like, painting a pretty pretty good story here? It's a big dude. It's a big dude, right? Um, And his shield-bearer went before him. Because he didn't want to be tied down holding a shield. He wanted to have both hands accessible to any one of his, like, three weapons, right? Like, he had a sword by his side, he had uh, a javelin, and he had a spear, right? Pretty wild, right? He stood up. Now, he stood up and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why have you come out to draw up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? Are you not uh um, and are you not servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. Listen to me. Listen to me. Look up, look up at me. What's going on? What's going on is that you have one person, this would occasionally happen, and, um, and this recently happened. Does anybody remember when um, uh, we were going to invade Iraq and um, Saddam Hussein um, took out a sword? Anybody remember that news story? And he said, why should we have all this bloodshed? Saddam Hussein said, why doesn't George Bush come over here and we can fight it to the death? Does anybody remember that? This is what's going on here. And this is not foreign to that land, right? And even then, he had the presence of mind to call that out. Why this bloodshed? Why have this major war? Just, you pick your fighter, I'll pick my fighter. Anybody here ever see West Side Story? Same deal, right? Right? And so, and so you got right on one side, you got the guy from the Jets, on one, the other side, you got a guy from the Sharks, right? And they're gonna fight it out to the, and whoever wins, that gang gets to stay and whoever loses, that gang has to leave. Because what they were looking for is a representative. This is key. Listen to me. They were looking for a representative. Not someone to fight with them. Not someone even to fight for them. But someone to fight, listen to me, as them. Remind you of anyone? Someone who would take Their place. And so Goliath sends out this charge. And Goliath, listen, Goliath has fears, and Goliath, although we're not told about that, but you got to imagine Goliath faces the fears, the obstacles, the, the battle ahead. He faces it the way the world faces it. Do you see how they describe, now a couple of things you have to know. When you read Hebrew literature, especially ancient Hebrew literature, the problem is, is that we read it with a 21st century mind that's read tons of novels and seen tons of movies and watched tons of TV and read tons of magazines and you think like, you know, you, you know, you, you you read a book and it says oh and she was you know with blonde hair and blue eyes and she wore a pink dress and she walked down the street and she knocked on the door three times and she said hello and you think that all those details oh right they're given details of the story this is hardly ever found in ancient Hebrew scripture hardly ever found you don't get a whole lot of details they just kind of give you the facts and there's like this there's overarching theme or story or point that they're trying to make but this the description of Goliath is longer than the actual battle sequence. They take real time. What are they saying? They're saying, this is the way the world, this is the way the Philistine, this is the way the infidel, this is the way the person who doesn't know God faces his battles. Let me give you three ways that the person who doesn't know God faces his battles. One is that they rely on their physical strength and prowess. They rely on their physical strength and prowess. They rely on their ability to do it. I think I can, 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 I think I can. can. The choo-choo that could, right? I think I can. He relies. Now watch this. As I describe each one of these three, you're going to go, wait up, that sounds like me. Good. You're going somewhere if you do, right? And I'm going to really mess with what you believe is true. Just Just to let you know up front. Some of the things, the way you face courage, I'm just going to mess with, and you're going to have real strong pushback on. In fact, you're going to have so much strong pushback on, you're going to either want to A, leave, which happens all the time when I speak. I don't know why. And so, A, leave, or B, you're going to just shut me off in your mind. And you're going to start thinking about the clothes you got to wear tomorrow, or what you're going to do with the kids, or whatever, right? I don't want you to do any to. Listen, I just want you to give me a hearing. And honestly, you don't... Some of you don't know me, right? And just, you know... I don't deserve to ask that, I guess. But would you just extend that kindness to me? Just let me, I'm just going to try to explain this to you. The first thing he does, he looks at himself. Look at my strength. This is what the world will tell you. This is how you overcome. Look at your strength. Look at your, you know, if they call you ugly, no, 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 put on makeup. And look at how beautiful you really are. It's insanity. Because isn't it true, sometimes you just don't have the strength for the battle ahead. Where will your strength come from then? Sometimes you just don't have the emotional octane to go through that, you know, marriage, through counseling and all that other stuff. Sometimes there are bigger things in life than what you can possibly do. So looking at your own strength is not helpful. But the Goliath is looking at his own strength. This is the way the world deals and the world gets their courage from. The second way is that he's, and this is pretty cool, he's 2.0. He's like, he's like warrior 2.0. He is like the next level, right? Did you see, like he's got bronze, like he's high tech. Did you notice that in the start? He's got this helmet and he's got this 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 uh, 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 thing that you put on. It's like a chain. And so like if somebody tries to slice you, it hits the chain. It's like a blunt blow. And he's got this javelin. He's got bronze on his heels. He's got these boots. He's like 2.0. He's like the next level in technology. And so when when we see Goliath, he's relying on the technology that he has, and this is the know-how, the skills, the abilities. Not only does he rely on his strength, he relies on how high tech he is, and how much further along he is, and how much more he knows than the other guy. He's high tech. And then the next one, and this is gonna, this is gonna mess with you. The next thing that. Um, Goliath uses to be able to go out in front of an army of people and challenge anybody into a fight is that he has incredible self-esteem. And I know some of you are thinking there, and you're going, wait up, isn't self-esteem the solution? No. And you're going, wait, 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 what do you mean? I mean, everything I go to, I mean, from magazines to meetings to everything I do, says you gotta, you know what? I just I just gotta take care of me. You know what, I need a break, I need some me time. You know what, the problem is that you have low self esteem. Listen, 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 let me just tell you. Let me just like say something that's really gonna offend you, okay? Self esteem is the problem. You don't need more self esteem. We, in fact, check this out, this culture is the most self-esteemed culture. We have more esteem in ourself than any other culture in the history of the world. You don't believe it? Go to the self-help section of the library or the self-help section of the the bookstore and you'll find more books than the Christian section. It is huge. We've got more self-esteem than we need. And we're also the highest medicated society in all the world. How do you do those together? How is it that we are, I mean, I'm talking about we are self-esteemed out. And some of you, you think that that's the solution. And I know for me, I thought that this was the solution to life's ills and problems. My problem isn't, you know, my problem isn't that, you know, I have a God problem. And the problem isn't that I have a, a relationship with Jesus. The problem isn't that I worship myself. The problem isn't that I don't worship myself enough. I need more esteem. So the guy, you know, so the guy leaves you. And so what do you do? You, you know, you buy the clothes that make even more revealing. And you go, ooh, I look good. And now your esteem is high. But and then you get the other guy and he leaves you. And now your esteem is low. Something must have happened. And so then you go to the doctor and he, you know, prescribes to you a little bit of Mother's Helper. And then, you know, kind of, you know, pick them out and just pop a couple like Tic Tacs. And, and now your esteem is high again. But oh no, the dosage is not enough. And so you have to go back and you know tell him you lost something double dose or you know here's the point self Goliath has these three things going for him he has strength he's high tech and he has self-esteem and all of those will not lead you to really address the true fears and phobias of life self-esteem is not the solution self-esteem is the problem We don't have to see ourselves bigger. Listen, this is the point of the sermon, just in case you're going to leave early. We have to see God bigger. We don't have to see you bigger. We don't have to go into the mirror, oh God forbid, looking into a mirror and going, you're beautiful, you're strong, you're intelligent, and you're a winner. I'm not, you know, and I'm kind of making fun of it, but I really don't mean to. I just like what I'm trying to say is that, that that won't help you when you have no hope. When the doctor says three weeks, you're going to die in three weeks. And there's absolutely no hope. What do you do? What Where do you grab your courage from? From your strength, it's gone. You got three weeks. From your high tech, all the medicine in the world. Can't help you. All the operations and the thing. You got three weeks. And and you're going to tell yourself, no, I'll get through this somehow. No, you have three weeks. Your hair is falling out. Your strength is gone. You sleep 18 hours a day. Where do you get that? You see, that's okay if you have no real giant to face. Self-esteem is fine. If you have no real giant to face, listen, listen to me. Self-esteem is just fine. And the reason, listen to me, listen to me. The reason that some of you, and I see your faces, and really, I'm nicer than this. So please, don't look so mad at me. Listen. The reason you're so angry is because I'm picking at your God. See, your God is not trusting in Jesus. I mean, you you, you say that you're a spiritual person and that you trust in God. But it's not. It's your view of yourself. You know what that's called? Self-esteem. If you view yourself big, then you're good. If you view yourself small, then you're bad. And some of you, here's some of the responses, the question. What? Then I'm supposed to look at myself like a piece of garbage? No, you're not supposed to look at yourself at all. You're supposed to look at Jesus. What? Then I'm supposed to go back and be abused and let everybody walk all over? No, no, no. You're supposed to rely on Jesus to be your protector and your guardian. But if I start picking at that God, you get a you get a very strong reaction. I just poked at your God. And I got a better God for you. See, the way the world tries to deal with courage is only good if the thing you're afraid of is something you really can overcome. In which case, You don't need much courage anyway. Because you can overcome it. Let's read about David. Now come, just, I'm going somewhere with this. We're going to see something really beautiful. I'm going to jump down to verse 32. And then we're going to jump down after that verse to verse 41. Let's read verse 32 first. And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go, go and fight with this Philistine silly statement all their hearts already had failed they were all quaking in their boots just in case you didn't hear Goliath was doing this for 40 days I don't know about you you know how like have you ever been like a kid and you go yo push me again and, and we're gonna fight have you ever done that like as a kid and then they push you again and you go alright push me one more time and it's oh push you again if you touch you, you touch me one more time I'm gonna wow put it on you. And 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 then they push you again, right? Now you do that three or four times, right? And we all know you ain't gonna fight, right? Alright? Everybody knows you ain't gonna fight, right? Okay, here's the deal. These guys have been doing it for 40, this guy's been doing it for 40 days. We all know they ain't gonna fight. <laughs> Nobody's coming down into that valley. Right? Listen. What do you do when all courage has left you? When you're left with terror and anxiety and the only option is to go to a psychologist and get some medication or run to Jesus. What do you do? What do you do? Not what does your sister do. Not what does the person sitting next to you do. What does the person sitting in your seat do when there is no hope? Because courage, listen to me, is doing the right thing Even when doing the right thing is the most painful thing. It's a great story. Uh, And a lot of the insights that I got today, I got from this guy named Tim Keller. I, I read, um, books. When I'm studying for a sermon, I read books. I listen to messages. I read, um, sermons. And some of the insights that Tim Keller did were just phenomenal. He shared this story. He said, there's a church in Manhattan, actually, of, and there's, in the church, there's a plaque of this woman. I can't remember her name. Her. And it's a plaque for her. She died on the Titanic. And the way she died on the Titanic is that she was going to go into the boat and there was a woman there who had children back in New York. And the woman said to herself, I don't have any kids. Get on the boat. See, that's a kind of courage that self-esteem won't help you with. That your power won't help you. Because you can't win. In fact, if you do not act courageous, you fare better. You do better if you don't act courageous. Things will go easier and smoother for you if you're not courageous. What do you do in those moments? Well, you need something bigger than self-esteem. You need something bigger than high technology. You need something bigger than your power. You need someone bigger. Verse 41. And the Philistine moved... so. So, uh, let me just share this part with you. So David, uh, so David tries to put on this armor. Saul goes, isn't it funny? Saul had armor to, you know, uh, close David with, but not to put on himself. Isn't that true? Like, have you ever done that? Yo, I got your back. Way back. Right? Right? He's the only one with armor. He can do it. He can fight, but he's too afraid. He's too afraid. And so, he tries to fit David with this armor that doesn't fit him. And David has enough courage to say, no, I can't. I can't fight this battle with your gear, with your armor. I can't do it. I just, it won't work for me that way. And so he goes out and he takes a slingshot. He gets five smooth stones. Some of you know the story he puts it in his pouch and he goes down there with the shepherd's crook. Isn't that crazy? You're facing 2.0 with a bunch of rocks, a slingshot, like a child's toy. You're facing 2.0 with a child's toy and a little stick. He goes down and Goliath tries to intimidate him. This is what we'll do and this is how we'll do it. And so here's the battle, or here's the exchange. Verse 41. And the Philistine moved forward and came near to David with his shield bearer in front of him. And when the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him or hated him. For he was but a youth, ruddy and handsome in appearance. Look at me. Goliath doesn't think that there's any real threat here. This is so important. And we're going to find out why this is important a little bit later on. But this is so important. David comes in his weakness. He doesn't come thinking of himself as great. He doesn't come thinking of himself as able. He comes in his weakness. And that is his greatest strength. When we're facing courage, we need to come in our weakness. David, he distan- right, verse 43. And the Philistine said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine said to David, come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. <laughs> Just so you know, that's not an invitation for lunch, right? He's saying he's going to kill him and, and, and that he's going to be done. This is a very dangerous moment. David, I love his response. Verse 45, then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin. You come to me with your strength and your technology and your self-esteem. Goliath has no problem with self-esteem issues right now. Would you agree? He's just not, you know, he's not worried. He's pretty confident. He's pretty self-confident at this point. Then David said, you come with, right with javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. I don't come to you with my strength. I come to you with God. Now, I'm going to read this quickly because I'm going to, there, there, there's something we do when we read this story that I want to clarify in a moment verse 46 This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you down and cut off your head and I will um and I will give the dead bodies of the host of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel He took this exact same uh, speech that Goliath pointed at him and he just tweaked it. He said, oh, you're going to feed me to the... Oh, yeah, I'm not going to only feed you. You and your whole family. If he was from Brooklyn, that's what he would have said, right? I'm going to feed you and your whole family to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field, right? And that all this assembly may know Listen, why? What are we going to know? All this assembly may know that the Lord saves, not with the sword and the spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hand. Now, isn't that good? If you're facing this, dude, it's a scary moment, but this is what I want to point out. In this story, listen to me. This is where the gospel shines through in such clarity. If you're wondering, what does this have to do with the Jesus I never knew? We're getting there now. Listen to me. In this story, the problem is when you and I read ourselves into the story, who do we read ourselves into? Like, who is God trying to show who we are in the story? Or who should we be? Who? David, right? Right, David. Here's the problem. You're not David. You're scared. You've never been David, neither have I. We're not David in this story. That's the point. The point is, is that we're the armies who've been discouraged and fearful. We're the group of people shuddering at the back end going, You go, David. You go, David. You can take them. We're the guys in the background with our knees quaking. That's us. We're Saul. We've got everything we need, but we stay back in the tent. We can't go out and fight our battles. It's too scary. See, we don't need somebody. And again, the world will tell you this is what you need. You need to emulate. See, uh, when you hear this sermon preached most of the time, here's what they say. Now go be like David. And you only get inspired by that if you have nothing you're afraid of at the moment. Like the only time that that, like you know, when you see Rambo... Right? When you see, you know, any Arnold Schwarzenegger movie or you, you see any of these movies Rocky or anything like that, the only time that, that 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 really does encourage you and strengthen you and give you courage and all that other stuff, the only time that does that is when you don't have a real foe in front of you. And so we don't need an example. We're not David. We're too scared, we're too weak. And you go, then what? Listen, we don't need an example. Listen to me, listen to me. We need a substitute. Not someone who will just show us, but someone who will, listen to me, be us. See what was happening with Goliath? He was saying, come and fight me, and whatever happens to your champion happens to everyone else. If David goes and is a coward, then they're all cowards. If David goes and and he's a, a, a victor, then they're all victor. See, depending on how David performs, then they get the imputed courage to them. In other words, David is not just fighting for them. David is fighting as them. And because David fights as them, We see the way to courage. There's one that the Bible speaks about who goes down into death's valley, not at the risk of his life, but at the cost of his life. One who goes down to death's valley to do for you what you could never do for yourself, not to go as an example. But to go in your stead. There is one that the Bible speaks about that doesn't just show you the way he is. The way. There is a greater David that the Bible showed who fights not for a battle in a moment, but fights for eternity. And the spoil is your soul. There is one who goes and who fights and listen to me, like David came in weakness. There is one who the Bible speaks about who came with no great weapons to fight against the great demons and against the great enemies of death and pain and the unknown. There is someone who comes in his weakness, and his frailty. And doesn't just risks his life, gives his life. And because of him, we are imputed, are given the victory. Are you afraid? Jesus faced more fear than you can ever imagine. Do you have pain? Jesus took more pain for you than you can ever imagine. Are you worried about the unknown? Jesus made the unknown known. I wonder if you can see that courage doesn't come from you telling yourself that you're good enough, you're strong enough, you're better enough. Listen, sometimes, sometimes doing the courageous thing means losing. In the story that we told with that woman, the courageous thing to do was not to believe in yourself, not to go, oh, I'll get through this somehow. The courageous thing to do at that moment was, listen, to die. That was the courageous thing to do. So how? How can we do this? Listen, God does, want, does not want to say, you and I are cowards. And if we do it the world's way, we'll build our self-esteem, we'll build up ourselves, and we'll just Wind up hurting ourselves in the process. God doesn't send us cowards an example. He sends us a savior. And He saves us by imputation. See, the the savior in the story of David and Goliath is weak. He's even too small for the armor. He's successful, not in spite of his weakness. He's successful because of his weakness. Goliath doesn't look at him as a threat. It's only because he was unarmed and looks silly and stupid that he wins. He's not an example. He's not a representation. He's a substitute. Jesus is our eternal substitute. Jesus is the one who wins the victory for us. Jesus is the one who goes down into the valley of death and fights battles that you could not win to give you a reward that you do not deserve. That's the gospel, folks. The gospel is is that it's Jesus who does this. And because Jesus, listen... Yea, though I, everybody, see if you can repeat this for me. You heard it at every funeral you've ever gone to. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Listen, the reason that you can walk through the valley of the shadow of death is because Jesus faced death for real. Do you see that? Do you see that the reason that when the doctor says that there's no hope, you can still have courage and go through it with great dignity? Dignity is because, listen. Because Jesus already, there's something beyond what we see here and now. Jesus is our strength. Jesus, listen, the only thing that will overcome your fears, your phobias, the only thing that will overcome that is, listen, great wonder, great awe. Listen, when you see Jesus bigger when you see Jesus as he really is when you see Jesus and listen, you can't do it, it's not, I'm not telling you, go home and try to see Jesus and try to see Jesus listen, falling in love with Jesus is a great, courage is not what you see in movies, it's not like this instant thing, right, like, you know, you know, you're a coward your whole life and then, you know, this thing happens and then you run into the fire and you get the kitty and everybody thinks that you're a hero, right that's not courage Courage is something that grows as you grow in your relationship with Jesus. I'm telling you, you're looking at the number one biggest coward in the history of the world. No one is more afraid than me. And I remember one time, I was afraid to share share my faith with people. I just couldn't do it. I just was afraid. And I was the pastor of this church. And I just got such, I just, and because for me, it was, my God was the way people viewed me. And if you viewed me in a high level, then I'm, my God is okay. And if you viewed me at a low level, then my God's not so okay. And, and that's what I did. And I had, that God had to die. And so I said, what's the scariest way you can share your faith? I know, I'm going to go on the train and start preaching on the train. I remember as I walked from this church to the G train, I didn't look both ways across the street. You know why? I was praying that God would let a car hit me. No kidding. Let a car hit me. Rather than letting me, that's how scared I was, but I knew that, watch this, I kept on looking at Jesus. Jesus, you can do this. Jesus, you're the marvel. Jesus, you're, listen, aren't you afraid that your marriage is going to fall apart? Listen, it's not about looking at yourself and saying, I'll try harder, I'll be better, I'll turn over a new leaf. It's going, Jesus, would you do something? Help me to be courageous in this marriage. Help me to be wounded and not have to wound back. Help me to just be hurt and not have to leapfrog hurt into rage. Help me, oh God, to trust in you, even if the one I love leaves. Listen, you're not David, but there is one who's more David than David. There is one who goes down and sees your fear and doesn't go, come on, we'll do this battle together. But one who goes down and says, I'll do it for you. My prayer is that you would know that Savior and that your courage would come not from your strength, not from your esteem, not from technology, that your strength would come from being surrendered to the one who owns your so my prayer is that you would surrender to that god today and so how do we get to know jesus jesus is our warrior jesus fights the battles for us jesus is our overcomer jesus is the one and so what do i want you to do i want you to just simply fall deeply deeply in love with Jesus. Stop being so spiritual and fall in love with Jesus. Fall in love, head over heels love with Jesus. The musicians, they're going to come up and they're going to sing a song about trust in Jesus. And as they come up and sing this song, I just want you to, listen, what is it that you're afraid of Are you afraid you're going to lose your job? Are you afraid about your kids? Are you afraid about your marriage? Are you afraid about your health? What are you afraid of? Listen, don't try to be brave. There's one who's already brave for you. Run to Jesus with your feet and say, Jesus, what are you going to do with this? I need you. I can't fight this battle on my own, I can't win. Are you afraid about growing old and losing your good looks? Are you afraid about how people are going to view you? Are you af- what are you afraid of? And I want you to lay it at the feet of Jesus. Because that's really knowing Jesus. So as they sing this song, I just want you to, in your heart, think about those things that are, you're most afraid of. And go, Jesus, would you fight this battle for me? You might have to do it 10,000 times a day but you run to him for strength. I want you to listen to this song and I'll be back with the closing application.